0: i
1: Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is The Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Menes and welcome to our first show of 2019 here on Maritime Radio. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Happy New Year, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Did you have a, a, a good break? It was lovely. Yeah, what did yeah. you get up to? It's Christmassy
2: uh, stuff. Really. Christmassy stuff. Yeah, a few football matches, that sort of stuff. Best way to do
1: it, really. And lunch the pair of us in the studio here at the Valley is, uh, is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan?
3: Fantastic.
1: Did you have a nice break? Oh,
3: yeah. Well, considering. I got a bit of a telling off because I wasn't festive enough but yeah I had a fantastic Christmas really yeah. really thoroughly enjoyed it
1: you look well rested mate <laughs> <laughs> you're like a man who's having a really easy first week back
3: at work as well <laughs> yeah well that's, uh, that's another story but yeah no, I've, I've just done the same as Tom really watched, um, watched two defeats but apart from that yeah. Nice, excellent. Well, that puts us all in the mood for uh,
1: the rest of the season coming up on tonight's show. Uh, we are going to look back at New Year's, uh, the New Year's Day win over Walsall here at the Valley. Uh, we're going to hear from Lee Bowyer. We're also going to hear from Dylan Phillips as well. Lee Bowyer is also going to tell us about some potential transfer news, which we're going to uh, hear later on in the show. Um, what else have we got? We're going to talk about the takeover rumours because, I mean, we haven't done that for a few weeks. Wow. Probably because we've been off, actually. But yeah, there, there are new, fresh takeover rumours. Whether there's really anything in that, we'll try and work that out over the course the uh the, the next few uh well the next hour or so and then also we're gonna look ahead to Sunderland massive game coming up here at the Valley on Saturday with the Black Cats we're gonna hear from Mark Carrick from the Roker Report and of course we're gonna hear again from Lee who'll give us all the team news the injury updates that sort of stuff but first things first I mean since we were last on so we, we came on for the Christmas special just after the the win against tuna win you know spirits were higher. then we had the difficult spell over over Christmas we lost at Coventry we lost at Barnsley uh, I think the injuries had started to catch up with us so I mean that three points we got on New Year's Day here against Walsall racing into that two goal lead and then uh, holding on a little bit in the second half after they pull one back I mean that that was vital for us wasn't it Tom?
2: Yeah big relief because um, I was a little bit concerned and I think it, it is the fixture pile up that that's caused it but I wasn't at Coventry but I followed the game and then I was at the Barnsley game and and we weren't at our best in that first half. Gave them far too much respect. But um even in the second half there, you know, we rallied, we got a goal and perhaps count ourselves a little bit unlucky that we didn't get something from that game, and that's against a team who, who hadn't lost at home all season. So you know there were positives to take from that game certainly, and then as you say, you come into Warsaw and you know they're not a bad side, and we we knew that the squad was again, or rather the starting eleven again, was going to have to change because of injuries and suspensions. You got people like Young, Albie Morgan having to play, and then within ten minutes we were two 0 up, and you thought, right, well this is going to be easy, and then I think the team fought that a little bit as well and got a bit complacent in the second half, but. We hung on, and it's a, it's a huge win, particularly going ahead into uh, into
1: Saturday's I mean, game. Talking about that first half performance, I mean we were really spraying the ball around nicely, and I think it was quite clear in those two games over Christmas where we got beat at Coventry at Barnsley. You know, Joe Rebo was out injured. And all of a sudden, I mean, Prattley come in and uh, prattley has got his merits for me. I think he'd work well probably at the base of the diamond, just cleaning up when you need to. But when we need someone to actually get their foot on the ball and play around, I think a rebound for Prattley is not really the swap that we'd mm-hmm. hoping for. So I think the fact that Albie Morgan was trusted by Lee Bowyer on, on New Year's Day, you know, someone who can put his foot on the ball and just spray it around. And at times in that first half, we were putting together some really, really nice passing moves. And I think it just showed that if we we're able to control the midfield and be a little bit more in command like that, then we are going to create chances. And obviously it helps that Walsall gifted us two goals, really. A loose pass for the first one and then a silly foul for the second. Um, but I just think the manner of our playing that first half, the fact that we were able to keep the ball up until maybe 10 minutes before the interval, we looked really comfortable. And that was because, for me, we had someone in the middle of the park in in Alba who could actually play the ball around.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, I think the, third, the start of the game was, for me, was pivotal after the previous two. Because I think if we had a slow start against Walsall and we didn't win... Um, that would have been three, Saturday is going to be difficult, and if we didn't win that, we could find ourselves without winning four, um, and then we'd be chasing again, uh, so I think the start was absolutely crucial, but yeah, like you said, I think we started fast, 2-0, I was probably thinking the same as everyone else, thinking, oh, at last we're going to beat someone 4 5 nil." lo and behold, um, as Tom said, for me, I thought we got complacent in our first five minutes mm. of the second half, and um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see be involved in both of the goals, not not so directly on the on the first one, but um, yeah, it was nice to see him, and he was trying. Both said, you know, defensively, which I was worried about, especially when they put us under a lot of pressure. But you know, in hindsight, these are the games you've got to give them a go, um, and it, if you look back to Sunderland in the first game. We had, I think, we might have had alby on the bench that day, but he didn't want to put him on because he he wasn't ready. So these, you know, you're only going to get better by playing him, and he he got some good minutes, and I can only think he's going to be confident after that because he definitely had a good good game for me.
1: Mm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether he features. <laughs> On Saturday, which we'll talk about later. I mean, probably did come on in the last 10 minutes, obviously for an injured Reeves, but that's when we were trying to see the game out. And, and we were more or less quite comfortable in that last 10 minutes. I mean, they had a lot of possession of the ball, but didn't really do anything with it. And that, and that's what he's useful for. So I don't think, you know, I'm not going to write him off because he, cause he, he didn't have the best of games mm. and, you know, with the ball at his feet uh, over Christmas. But I, I just think that that was the, the swap that made it worthwhile for us. Nice to see the two strikers on the score sheet again. It'd been a while, hadn't it? And it must have been nearly two games each, but um um the, the ball through from Fosu for the first game, He picked off the pass, it was a poor ball from Ferrier from from Walsall into the middle and it, that measured Paul through. I mean, as we said, would we just hopefully just see now this little flashes of him improving again as as he's getting more and more playing time coming towards the sort of the business end of the, the halfway point of the season mm. now?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think through no fault of Prattley's, but in the game against Barnsley we were we were lacking that creativity really Um, uh, you know we we did have those players on there um, obviously like Reeves as well Um, but for some reason that the midfield just didn't quite it just didn't quite sit right and um, Morgan and Reeves and Fossu together I just really liked that dynamic they had they moved the ball really well Um, I think Warsaw tried to kind of when we got into their half tried to make the pitch very small and, and try and close us off but they didn't really manage to do it and I think that was down to our players and the the quick movement and the quick passing and always being available and uh, yeah Fossu picked up that ball and that wouldn't have looked out of place a division or two higher really it was really well measured and, and great for Carlin to just gamble on that and get through and it's hopefully we can start to see him and Taylor get a bit of a run in the side together again because I know they have played again recently but they've been kind of in and out of the team with injury or other Carlin has and, and a Jose's had to come in. But hopefully now we'll start to see that consistency up top again. And when you do, you're going to get those results. And, and so it proved on uh, on Tuesday. Of
1: course, the big, the big news before the game, was the day before was the fact that Jed Steer had been recalled by Aston Villa. And I said, we're going to hear from Dylan Phillips later on. But you know, he, his first game back in the league since September, his performance now, did, did, you, did you rate him? I know you, I know yeah. you like him.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I, do, I, I, I did rate him. And I think considering the circumstances of... You know, obviously only found out Sunday morning or Monday morning maybe, um, that when Jed went back, yeah, you know, they'll still prepare in the same 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 way and he probably a few nerves as you can expect. But I thought we give a good a good account of himself. And I think all of us on the on the show have said before Jed came in it was you know, we wanted him to have a go. Um and then, you know, both sides to change it up, which, you know, that's the prerogative. But I thought Dylan was more than capable. Yeah, I mean, there was questions on the, you know, the first game of the season with Sunderland and that. But listen, there was. That he's got to get games, you know. He's not, he's not, not 17, 18 anymore, and he's getting to a stage where he has to play games now. And I thought he accounted himself absolutely mm. fine, and I'd have no qualms whatsoever in being number one for the mm. end of the season. Yeah, he'll
1: be disappointed he didn't get a clean sheet. But obviously, yeah. Uh, Andy Cook got that one back from at the start of the second half, which would make it more nervous. I and mean, both felt that the, the side were tiring, but I mean, there's a debate that's been roaring on on Twitter for a couple of days now. The the, the disallowed goal for Lyle Taylor. The corner comes over now. My initial reaction, I have to admit, having seen it time and time again, is I don't think there's a foul. Now there is a close up of after he's headed it on his way down, I think he's got a little tug of the shirt on the way down. So does that count? I mean, I think that's what the linesman's given it for. Lyle Taylor was bemused. Bowie was bemused. I was pretty bemused having watched. I mean, you'd have to really have an eagle eye to have spotted that that hand on the shirt on the way down after the header.
2: Yeah, well, there'd been a a corner earlier which had gone pretty close to the keeper as well. And then... You saw Taylor standing in front of him and doing like a little weird dance before the corner was taken, kind of it's like working. I believe it's yeah, called. yeah, basically like grinding up against the keeper <laughs> and everyone sitting in the north lower behind the goal where I sit were kind of laughing at that. But then when the ball comes in, my initial thing when I saw it was he was nowhere near the keeper at all, and the keeper had gone too far out of his goal and is having to dive backwards to try and save it. And that that was what I saw. But obviously, you see it once, you see it at normal speed. It's difficult to tell, but the way the players reacted, it. They knew, they knew that there was nothing there and obviously I've seen it it since and and most people have. For me, there's no foul there. I don't see anyone near enough to the keeper. It's his own fault for being out of position Um, and and Taylor was denied a a legitimate goal. But um, luckily it didn't cost us, but... It's just one of a long line of strange refereeing decisions that we've seen this season, and I thought Tuesday was no different. There were just some some odd calls he made all game, but as I say, luckily that one didn't cost us.
1: It was a needed win, wasn't it, Nave? Just with the just with that little run we, we we had after obviously after winning seven games in eight, and you're just worried it's going to tail off. And of course, with Sunderland coming up on 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 Saturday here, which is a massive game, you just need to have that little confidence boost in three points just to keep you you know up with the playoff pack as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think. Um, obviously, once we started accumulating all these injuries, it was only going to be a matter of time for me um, that we'd drop points. And But yeah, like you say, the main thing now is that we, we did bounce back um, on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Or whenever it was. New Year's I can't Day. Yeah, I keep forgetting that's what I was saying. New Year's <laughs> Day. <laughs> <laughs> on New Year's Day. So, but like I said earlier, I think is so crucial in terms of mentally um, going into Saturday's game that we did get a win under our belts and, um, and we can push on now. So I think once we... Obviously, gets out of the way. We've got some winnable games, shall I say? But mm. um, yeah, it's, I think it was a massive win considering. Because I think that I think it was the manner of the, the the defeats for me. I mean, obviously, Coventry was just a bit meh. Um, first half, first twenty minutes against Barnsley was gave them too much respect for me. And then we did rally, like Tom said, in the second half. But I think that was a big, big, big win on New Year's Day.
1: Right, let's hear what Lee had to say to Terry after the game here on New Year's Day. The Charlton Boss felt east side earned all three points that they won against uh, Warsaw. Yeah, I think um, well deserved victory. And uh, they definitely deserved that because of the two
4: defeats. Obviously, I thought they was harsh on us. Didn't think we deserved to lose either of them games. And. Um, But today I think they show real character and especially first half the way we passed the ball. I think that's the best we've played, best 45 minutes we've had um, since I've been in charge. It just shows everyone how good we can play and how how good we are. Um, I think second half they got that early goal in there and they had a little bit of pressure and then we got tired, it's as simple as that. in an ideal world we'd be able to change things up a bit and give three or four of them a rest and then bring three or four in but we ain't got that luxury at the moment and, and they're still digging deep and, and so yeah I think uh, I think it was it was good for us today I think um, the fans helped I think the last 15-20 minutes when there was a little bit of pressure and the crowd singing it, it does they, they run extra it, it, it's a fact so um yeah, it was it was good for us and good for the fans. About I think,
5: in some ways, that first I think the first thirty-five minutes at least was probably the most dominant uh, performance I think I've seen against a side certainly at the Valley mm. um, for a while. Was there a hint of that uh, it was that easy? Not easy, but it was
4: that we were that dominant that maybe uh, with a little complacency set in allowed uh, all back in. No, I, w- I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say there was any complacency because they're, they'll always respect who they're playing against, but this it just becomes too easy it becomes too easy and then instead of taking two touches they take or one touch they take three the next time they get it and then they think oh yeah next time they do it four five then they're inviting tackles but when they're playing that one and two touch like what you see they can't get near them and this is what every day we do this every day I see this every day near enough not every day but near enough every day like that's I see them train like that so it's amongst themselves, and, and they can't get near each other. And so it, it frustrates me. That's why I said like them. I was like, look, this is probably the worst I've seen this play because that's how we, are, what I see all the time. That's why I do get disappointed and, and, and frustrated. And I love to see them do what they've just done there for the first half. And, and you know, the, the good thing for me as well, because we've got so many injuries, they're up in the stand watching it and they're like, wow. Like this is if you do pass one and two touch, this is Eric. What looks from up there, you know, like it, it looks so much better. And they're like, yeah. So this is why he's telling me this, and and that's why they're they're, they're getting him better and him improving. But it was good for me, like for a Joe Rebo, a George Lapsley, to see it from above, what they did today. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 really pleased, you know, and I'm glad like all, the, the crowd get to see. Wow, like this is unreal. And then they see the the last 15, 20 minutes and they've got to dig a little bit deeper and they've got got to roll their sleeves up. Yeah, wow, we can do that and we can do this. So it's it's very good. I I like seeing it.
5: ball now on the Charlton left of Ferrier infield it comes but that's a loose ball and Fosu can pick it up again but Charlton Grant's on a run trying into the box Carlin Grant oh great oh, finish. it's a lovely goal come Tariq on Fossu's pinpoint pass found Carlin Grant into the penalty area and he slid the ball through the legs of Liam Roberts to give Charlton the opening goal
1: Welcome back. It's Charlton Live, the Big Match Preview here on Maritime Radio. Just heard there from Lee Bowyer after the win over Walsall here at the Valley on New Year's Day. Now, Lee Bowyer, of course, has been chatting away in his press day today. Um, when we spoke to Bowes after the game on, on, on Tuesday, it's was about transfer targets. And he mentioned that he, he felt that two were close, uh, indicated that one might be a left back and one wouldn't be a left back, and also said that one of them was present at the game at Walsall. Now, uh, our excellent photographer, Keith Gillard, was, uh, had his long lens out um, using it for good uh this time and uh, and he was uh he was pointing it at the director's box um and he spotted palace player johnny williams now he'd fit in well here because he's he's very injury prone unfortunately <laughs> yeah. but uh, but from, from what you hear from palace fans i know they're not the most trustworthy people he's, he's meant to be quite a good player if if we can keep him fit and if he is the man coming in which it sounds sounds probable um could could be a decent signing for us. I
2: think he'd be a brilliant signing. Midfielder? Um, yeah. And he I remember seeing him play for Wales at the Euros, um, whenever that was three or four years ago. Uh and I thought he was he was really, really good and was looking forward to seeing him play when he got back, only to realise he played for Palace. Hmm. Um but then I remember him not really making much of an impact when he came back and and to be honest, I think Premier League probably is slightly above his level. But uh he's then obviously moved to Sunderland I've seen the documentary and what you get from that although obviously it is uh edited and whatever is is the sense of the person he is as well and he comes across as a, as a thoroughly decent decent man as well and uh whilst that's not everything I think the squad and the, the type of environment that Bo is trying to create he seems like a personality that would fit really well with that squad he wouldn't wouldn't upset anyone he's not got a massive ego he seems like someone who wants to come in and work hard and prove himself and as I say, that's the sort of squad that Boyer wants to build. So I think I think it works on both fronts. The, the downside is his injury record, which, as you say, would be in keeping with a lot of the players we've got. But over the next half a season, I definitely think if we were to get him, he would be able to offer us something.
1: Right, before we go any further on this chat, then let's hear what Lee Boya said when asked about transfers uh, in the press day today.
4: We're hoping to get someone through the door and have a medical today. Um, that would be later on today. Um, so that that's one that we're hopeful for, um, and maybe another one before Saturday. So that's the planning. Obviously, sometimes y- y- you have to just put things back, unfortunately, and, um, and, and and that's what's happened here. But we're hopeful to get at least one through to to be in the squad for Saturday.
6: You're not mentioning any names still.
4: No, no. There's um, not going to mention any names, and when it happens, hopefully it happens. Then uh, everybody you see, uh, whoever we're bringing, that there'll be there'll be good additions to our squad, and and they'll improve us.
6: You use the word hopefully. Are you reasonably confident they could go through?
4: Yeah, yeah, but you, you just never know with with the way things are going with us at the moment. Anything could happen, so. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and, and I'm very confident it's going to happen. So, um, and, and I'm excited if we get the players that, that we're looking to bring in, then like I said, it's, it's definitely going to make our squad stronger and, and we need that at the moment because uh, well, we're definitely low on numbers.
1: So as Lee Bowyer chatting away with, with, with Tony Hard about this, you know this potential. I mean, so like we said, the, the name linked is is uh, Johnny. What's his name, Williams from uh, from Palace. Um, but obviously, is not going to name any names. But as as we say, we we saw him there at the game um, as, as a potential. I mean, a, a couple of tweets came in about potential signings. I mean, London Eagles says Johnny Williams is the most injury-prone player in the league uh, in all four divisions. Hope we don't sign him, and he's Palace as well. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris said, "Yeah, my mate is a Palace fan. Sorry, he said he hardly played, been on loan. Uh, lots very injury playing, won't set the world on fire, but good on the ball sometimes. Now, obviously, you know, I think we've been burnt before with players coming from Palace. If you think about Kaikai, was very oh. disappointing last year. But, the, but the, I mean, this, this Johnny Williams from, from you know, I mean, the uh, Johnny Esther, I've seen Palace fans call him. I mean, mm. supposedly really good on the ball. So, if we can keep him fit, which is a massive if." Then, then he could potentially be a big signing for us. And that, and that's what you got to try and hope for, I guess.
3: Yeah, he is. And I think he's, he's quite small, so I can imagine him being at the top of the diamond, I would imagine. I can't see him being sitting deep or anything like that. But um, I think sometimes we do lack... Um, I know Reeves can do it sometimes, Fosu can drive, but I don't think we've got with Billy Clark not fit at the moment, someone who can thread an eye of a needle ball. But, um, yeah, you know, he is injury prone, but I think his contract's up in in the summer. So it's probably his last last go, really, because I think if he does get injured here, which, looking at our record, it might happen, um, he might have to sort of sit down and think what he wants to do. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's another body, and it's a good quality body. Like Tom said, I think he's, I mean, on paper, he's better than League One um but you know who knows if we 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 might keep him fit and he might turn out to be a, an unreal sign which I hope he does but uh but like you said yeah hopefully he turns out better than Kai Kai apart from 15 minutes at home against Bradford
1: <laughs> you got a good memory I was trying I knew I knew he played well in one point at one game but yeah. I couldn't remember which one it was um obviously the the other player talking about left back we know that you know I mean Toby Toby Stevenson's come in and done a job a couple of times so far this season um But we know Page is out. We don't like seeing Soli Afton to play there. We'd rather he was at right back where he's more comfortable. But he's done okay there. But, um, you know, if if we can get someone. And the problem is, obviously, in the situation we are in currently, and we will talk about a potential takeover update uh, just in a few seconds. But in the situation we are right now, we're not spending money on players. So you are sort of like shopping around. I mean, Bose has done quite well with his transfers in the summer. I I don't think there's one that really stands out as a poor signing. Um, so you'd hope that if he can find someone to fill that left back berth, which supposedly, you know, we might even find out before Saturday. So by the time you listen to this, you might find out who it is. Um, you'd hope that he'd be an adequate replacement for Lewis Page.
2: Yeah, and I think you're right. I think his signings so far have been good. Um, I don't know too much about what left backs are out there or or who we might be in the um, potentially in the mix for, but you're probably going to have to take a gamble on someone who's currently playing League Two or maybe even non-league and bring them up. Or if you're lucky, you can maybe get someone who's just out of favour on loan at a Championship or a Premier League club or or a youth prospect, like we had Jada Silva, like we've obviously got someone like Bielik in this year from a a good side. So they're the kind of sides or types of player you're looking at. As I say, I don't know anyone by name. Um, I think Toby's been okay. I thought he played well the other day. Um, I thought less so. Uh, Blackpool away I think he struggled so I think it's still too early to be relying on him um, and whilst you've got Solly and Nabs who can play out there, it's not their their favoured position so I think well, look, if we've got any chance of getting players why not get someone who can do that I think personally at the moment I think goalkeeper is probably more crucial because it kind of speaks for itself. If you have to put somebody like Sarr at left back, that's fine. If you've got to put someone like Sarr in goal, or you've got to rely on Ashley maynard Brewer, <laughs> I that. it's you know that's a much harder decision to make. So I think goalkeeper is again somewhere we need to focus. But like Naif said earlier, I want that to be. Competition for deals this time, like it was supposed to be last time, as opposed to someone going straight in.
1: I reckon Naby will be all right in goal. To be fair, he's got <laughs> all the attributes for it. Made a good save the other yeah, day. made didn't he? a good save, didn't he with his head against Walter off the line. I, I reckon he'd smash that in goal. Um, <laughs> I mean, is there anywhere else you're desperate, knife, to, to try and fill? Oh, I still,
3: I'm still banging on the defensive midfielder drum. I still think we need a ball winner in there. Um, I know Prattley can do it. Uh, But then these
1: distribution afterwards won't be as good, but
3: like I say, yeah. So I think, like you said earlier, I think Prattley's one of those last 10 minutes, see the game out sort of thing. But uh, Cullen, you know, I know Cullen will come.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: But but I still think we need that someone like um, someone like a Jordan Cousins or something. You know, someone who can sit there, they can win the ball, but then they can they can they've got the agility to sort of drive with the ball as well. For me, Mm. Um, I know Billick's there, but I just think we need a little bit more pace in that middle.
1: Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, of course. um what happens in the January transfer window? A lot of that depends on who's the owner of the club. Now, you know the fact that we've relegated this to what third on the running list it, it suggests to you that <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up too much because we've been here a million times before. But obviously, Jim White uh, from Talk Sport was saying uh, the, the other day that he felt like a deal could be close within 72 hours. Now we know that Jim White's got Roland's phone number and they and they seem to chat quite a lot, so we can presume that that story's come from Roland's end. Um, uh, Rick Everett, of course, who tends to know more about this sort of stuff than everyone obviously hasn't always been right but no one has been on this sort of stuff he's said he'd heard a similar rumor and not he said he he wasn't going to say anything about the 72 hours or anything like that but he'd heard that there was a new owner that been shown, a new potential owner been shown around the training ground introduced as the new owners some sort of uh spin-off of the Australian consortium if you want to if you want to call it that so there's something to do with the Australians but maybe not exactly the same makeup although Gerald Murphy potentially still involved who knows I mean is it happening now? Are we are we all ready to, to go down and do a live show from the Rose of Denmark? I've just heard it's done, actually. but
2: uh, <laughs> I'm, I said it on Twitter the other day, until it's on the official site, and we've said this pretty much every single time. I think there's been some times where we've perhaps got our hopes up a little bit more, um, but I think we're all a bit wise to that now, or sick of it, or tired, or whatever it is. But until that site puts out a tweet and a statement that says, TakeOver's been complete, and it mm. doesn't have... Dots or commas or any of those Roland trademarks to it, then I'll believe it. Um, but well, until clubs, them...
1: club sources hadn't heard anything when I asked yesterday. And... No,
2: and I saw Rich mm. uh, was asked about it today and he'd spoken to Boya who hadn't heard much. But again, I don't know how much the playing staff or management staff would know about it. But look, it, when it happens, it'll be brilliant. Um, until something official comes out, I'm not getting too carried away.
1: I mean, people, lots of people are saying but because I think it is fair to assume that because it's come from Big Jimmy White, there's probably come somewhere from Roland somehow. So mm. people are people are guessing what his motivations is. And I think there's I mean, trying to manage the fans' expectation for January, he has no he has no need to do that. The only thing I could think was maybe he's trying to flush out some other bids by suggesting that time's running out. And, and But even then, it seems unlikely because there doesn't seem to be many people queuing up to buy the club at the price that had been discussed. So if the, pri- if the deal is going to go through now, have these Australians all of a sudden decided to spend loads of money on the original agreed price, which sounded like it was quite high? Has Roland dropped his price because he's actually, he's thought, new year, new me, I've had enough. I just <laughs> want to get out of here. I mean, th- there's plenty of reasons why people are, asking these questions and you know when when someone goes out there and says 72 hours everyone's thinking oh it could actually happen within the next couple of days but you're always putting yourself under pressure if you're suggesting that's going to be the case so i mean my initial theory is hopefully something's happening but i generally have no idea because we've been here before as we all know
3: yeah exactly and i think tom said it we've said it about i don't know about 15 million times i don't know how many takeover updates we've had on this show but uh yeah we're just i mean there's nothing wrong with people speculating and trying to put two and two together and get seven but um yeah it's everyone wants it done everyone wants everyone's you know wants the same end result um whether that happens in seventy two hours or seventy two days um obviously the early would be better, but we just all want it done uh, mm. and yeah i mean for me it's just it's just annoying because again we're in a situation where we could actually have a go at it this year. I think we were in a in a in a position in the league where I think with the right backing, if Bo's got it, I think he could make some shrewd signings. And you think if even you go back to Johnny Williams? Yeah, he's injury prone, de blah, blah. But that's on the shoestring budget. Imagine if he was actually back to the sort of players he could bring in. So, yeah, we all want it done. Um, but like Tom, when it's on the official site, um, shame we ain't got that. We can't do a gift lot like on the Charlton life yeah. and I do that it's happening gifts quite funny but um, yeah. yeah so it is what it is it happens when it happens
1: uh, town sold the dm saying keeping youngsters valuing fans signing players to help you succeed under Roland basic rules for running a competitive football club and now looked at by fans as luxurious gifts that's how much he has suppressed our outlook uh, yes, the past has been bleak, but if we are taken over, I truly believe we will clinch automatic promotion. Nothing but respect for those who have boycotted, but don't want to hear any of this nonsense that people have found something better to do on a Saturday. Blue water is great and all, but get back down to the valley and let's get us out of this league. Let's hope that if the takeover does go for I'm sure there'll be plenty of boycotters who will come back, um, which will be good to see. Right, um... Let's go into Let's have a quick look back at, at those two games That we had over Christmas That we lost Let's hear how it went down Because it, it's worth it Just to hear Nathan and commentary
3: oh, right.
5: But the teams are appearing To our right hand side Here at the Rico Arena Further left is Shipley Shipley then they go Backwards to Kelly Kelly in a bit of space Reverse ball Into the run of Chaplin Into the penalty area Chaplin to the touchline Back across A header from Evola And he's open the scoring For Coventry Charlton have only left Chris Sonny and Dick still back as Marshall will launch this forward into the edge of the box. It's a good one, it's headed up in the air by Bauer. Taylor's underneath it, heads it back across. Pierce with a header, Get flicked you know up by out. Prattley, and there's the equaliser. Prattley on. scores on the edge of the six-yard box fairly centrally to bring Charlton back on level terms. as a great free kick from Marshall. Headed back in the danger area by Bauer. Taylor headed it back across, and Bauer up there again, flicked it in. Jason Marshall. Pearce I think it was with the final header into the box
3: and Darren Prattley brings Charlton back on level terms. What a ball by Marsh. First meet done, great ball in the box, great delivery back post like you say and back in the game.
5: And Charlton left into Stirling, uh, to Thomas again who's drifting towards the edge of the penalty area, ball into the box to Bayliss, takes the shot and it's in. How did that crawl in to the right hand edge of the, of the goal and Coventry have the lead with only a minute left of... Time remaining. Oh
3: dear. We didn't close him down. Let him have a shot. Let him, have, let him get too much time in that box. Let him too much time in that <coughs> box to pick his spot and they've left it late just like they did in the home league.
4: It's a scrappy game. Um, bad pitch. We tried to pass. Just what's happening for us today.
5: And both sides are now coming out. Barnsley in the red shirts, white shorts and red socks. Charlton in the away chain strip of white shirts, black shorts and white socks. Of course, the white shirts with the black and red line down the front. It's inside, left foot cross into the edge of the six yard box. Touch back and it's a shot. And it's the opening goal from Potts that left Jed Steer absolutely no chance. Oh, that's a superb finish that is from Potts on the edge of the box but Charlton will be absolutely fuming because it looked like the ball had gone out on that opposite side. Side now swings it across to TM on the opposite side heading towards the corner of the Champellier cuts in is right takes a shot oh my word it's a hell of a finish and Barnsley have turned it up. It's all come from a Charlton Attack on the right-hand side. Fosu prepares to take this, right-footed takes the kick, and straight into the wall and then Reeves! Oh, what a strike! Back in it. Ben Reeves with a left-foot hit! Low into the left-hand corner and Chona back in it. Well, that's superb from Reeves. Fosu's free kick wasn't the greatest, it came off the wall, it bounced up, and it's a half volley from Reeves, similar to Potts's goal in the, f- the first half. It's a superb strike. And the goalkeeper had no chance. And as I said, Shelton back in it, trying to bring it down, does so. Little touch to Solly, who can't control it. Slides in, gets a touch on the ball, but he's given away the free kick. That's a poor challenge from Chris Solly. That he's dived in. Oh, he's going to get—he's going to get booked for his troubles. He only sent off. Second yellow. And Solly's absolutely mad with that decision. I know he slid in, but I, I think um, he's—I he's, think he's
4: making the most of this edge. Feel you know, because. I don't think we deserve to leave with nothing. I think um, the effort that they've put in, they deserve something from today.
1: Goals and all the action from our two games over the Christmas break—the defeats at Coventry uh, and at Barnsley. I mean, Nath, you were you were there at a Coventry game. It was, it was disjointed, wasn't it? In the first half, second half we livened up a bit, got our goal, mm. uh, and then it probably could have gone either way in that second half. But very similar to the Blackpool game, we ended up losing.
3: Yeah, it was. It was just a bit meh. It was a bit. I don't know. We seemed quite flat. We didn't. We weren't very fluid. Um, and I think we overall we were quite poor i know bo said we probably had a better the second half but that only happened when marshall come on for me mm. and you know he he set up the goal we crossed the ball in for the goal we had a couple of runs you know and i thought it was we were quite poor all round and i mean yeah the second goal it was just i think it was Reeves or Fosu, i think it was or a combination of the two and they didn't track the runner and he's been able to pop a shot off but it was disappointing um, cuz i i thought we would probably would probably win boxing day and get a a, a and probably wouldn't win against Barnsley so it wasn't mm. su- surprising but I think it was just the manner of the defeat really that we wouldn't look as sharp as w- if you look at on New Year's Day and Barn- uh, the the Coventry game it's like chalk and cheese absolutely mm. yeah. but, um, disappointing but it happens doesn't it
1: yeah Tom you went up to, to Barnsley both of you went up to Barnsley mm-hmm. I mean we were Blown away in that first fifteen minutes, two <laughs> two good goals. Second one in particular from TM, was was a very impressive finish. Now Boya felt that after that yeah. we had to better the first half. Now after I don't I don't see that at all. I thought, mm. in my opinion, until we even scored, I don't think we looked like scoring. We no. had the, we had the free kick and Reeves pulled one back, and all of a sudden we're putting under a little bit of pressure until the solid red card, which sort of takes the momentum away from you, but. Um yeah that was a, that was a bit of a that was that was one where I thought right now the injuries are really catching up for us and that, and that was the one where I thought we really did not have any control of that football in the midfield.
2: Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. Um I didn't think we were we were good until we scored our goal. Maybe 10 minutes up until we got that goal we started to look a little bit more lively but as I said earlier that first half we gave them way too much respect. Yes, they've got a good home record but even with our injuries, we should have been able to compete with them better. We showed that in the second half, but the first half, I mean, we couldn't get near them. And credit to them, because they were moving the ball nicely, but we were just sitting off and inviting pressure. And uh, you look at it, and even then, both of their goals came from outside of the area and were screamers, so it wasn't like they were getting hundreds of chances in the area, but I just thought we were we were far too nice to them. Um, second half, we improved a bit. I, I was disappointed with Prattley actually, on that game in particular. I don't think it was really his sort of game we got a bit more creative in the second half got that goal and i think you know we we had a couple of opportunities later on to to snatch something but um as you say solly's then card took all the momentum out of that that late pressure and yeah it, it was unfortunate really i think we could have got something out of it but um this the way it goes. Well,
1: right, let's hear from uh, Dylan Phillips now, moving on, of course, with Jed Steer going back uh, on uh, back back, well, ending his loan, sorry, from uh, from Aston Villa being recalled by his parents' side. Uh, Dylan was given his chance against Walsall, and he was delighted to be back involved with the first team in a league fixture for the first time since September.
7: Yeah, I'm just happy to be back out there, mate, to be honest. Um, no one wants to be on the bench. Um, it's been a tough time, but obviously, hopefully, I can stay out there now it uh, as a performance i got your man awards so uh, you must be pleased with yeah, that yeah no um, thankful for the people who voted for that um, I think there was all the boys out there <coughs> done really well today and uh, it was two different halves I think everyone saw that we were excellent in the first half not so good in the second but come away with the three points obviously we haven't had the last two games so that's massive for us and uh Obviously looking forward to Saturday now, it's a massive game and hopefully we can take three points there as well. And
5: again, back from a personal point of view, uh, you've obviously
7: had to keep your concentration and, and your levels at the, at the top
5: notch to make sure that you're ready when, when something like this happens.
7: Of course, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy to, to do that. It's not at all. It's uh, There's days when you think, like, I just want to be out there and it's frustrating, but obviously it makes it all worthwhile, all the, all the work that I have been putting in for today. Uh, and have you been given any, uh, any indication of uh, how how it's going to go the rest of the no, season? No, night? nothing. No, so right, it's just in case you've been ready. Yeah, of so. course. Yeah, I, I I don't know what's going to happen. I assume someone will be coming in, um, and my job is to just prove to people that I'm, that I'm better than whoever they bring in. So it is what it is, and hopefully it's my shirt to lose and go from there. Ga- games improve any player. First team games improve any player. So obviously I played the games at the start of the season, the seven or eight games, whatever it was. Um, I've had a few FA Cup games and things like that. But it's just it's just having people believing in me really, do you know what I mean? I know I can do it. I know I'm good enough. It's just having the people around you to to prove that to everyone, you know what I mean? I just I just want people to trust in me, I, I know I can do it, so I just want to play now from here to the end of the season, that's my aim, so. You
8: said that it was
7: you said that being on a bench is obviously not something people want necessarily, they don't want to keep staying on the bench every time the game was played, when they never could play. So was it difficult to kind of accept that that you were? Cool, yeah, it's horrible. Like Saturday for me was the worst day of the week. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be here and watch people play. I, I want to play. Like I don't, I don't want to sit on that bench. I've done it enough times. I've probably done it three hundred times. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to keep doing it. I've done it since I was eighteen years old. I'm, I'm twenty three now. I'm, I'm ready to play, and hopefully people can see that. And finally, with with the fact that Jed is now gone. There may or may not be someone coming in, but how determined are you to nail down that first-team spot and make sure it's yours? Yeah, as determined as I was at the start of the season, I, I've never changed my attitude. I, I wanted to play at the start of the season. Obviously, it was disappointing that they done that they brought in and, and, and we swapped it around, but that's part and parcel of football. Like, it's going to happen to anyone, and I'm just here to prove people wrong. Well,
1: the the playing time you get between now and the end of the year help make a decision with what you do, your, con- your contracts at the
7: end of the season? course mate yeah like I'll, we all want to play football We're all footballers I don't want to be somewhere where I'm not going to play I don't want to be seen as a number two goalkeeper because that's not what I am so listen I've just got to get my head around today and, and look forward to Saturday and then contracts and things like that will take care of themselves
1: there we go Dylan Phillips Um Talking about his, I mean, I asked him right at the end there about his contract. That was the the thing I found most interesting. Tweet came in actually from Andrew Wheaton said, "I don't think Dylan did anything uh, to lose his place. He's good enough." I mean, that, that's my opinion. I think he's all right. Um, Boja said uh, in after the match on New Year's Day that he felt that that Dylan's even improved from the start of the season. Obviously, he hasn't been in the team since then, other than FA Cup games and, and checker trade and whatnot. Um, but I don't know. We we thought it's harsh, but you can. I mean, his voice—he sounded frustrated, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he did. I don't think anyone can blame him really. Um, he, he, he started the season, and you know, <laughs> as much as um, you know, I'm, as much as I, you know, I respect Bones hundred percent. But uh, I, I didn't. I agree with Andrew. I don't think he done much wrong. Um, I could understand the argument of you know Steers better with his feet or whatever, but that can be worked on. You know, it's yeah, there, not, was, there was
1: one instance in. Uh, on New Year's Day, where you could see he tried to kick a long ball for a counter-attack mm. and he just got underneath it a little bit and it sort of floated up at a halfway line. So you could see, A, that he was trying it, which mm. is good, but B, obviously hadn't quite got the technique yet. But I think shot-stopping mm. is fine. Mm. As you say, I think ball at your feet you can work on. And I really hope he gets a run in the team, but remains to be seen because we we expect another goalkeeper's going to come in, Tom.
2: Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, I think we do need one. Um, mm-hmm. I've not actually seen Ashley Maynard Brewer play myself, but... He's obviously very, very young, very inexperienced, and if he's needed, I don't know if we can really trust him. Um, I agree with everything you guys have said, and we've talked about it a lot pretty much since the start of the season. For me, Dills hadn't done enough wrong to be dropped. Um, I don't think really that goal at Southend was what I would call a mistake. It was was not brilliant goalkeeping, but it wasn't enough for me to get him kicked out of the team. Um, I, I think he's a player that we want to try and keep hold of, and if we've lost that trust in him now. That's a real shame because I think we're losing a promising goalkeeper. Um, and I said it since the start. In August, I would have brought someone in who was a lot older, who was happy to sit on the bench, who could kind of mentor Dills through this first full season um, and really improve him as a goalkeeper. And and we didn't do that. And I, I don't mean anything against Steer because I think he came in and did well. Um, and obviously he's not going to turn down his opportunity to play football for us. It was just he was thrown into an unfortunate position where He was taking the place of a goalkeeper who we all actually quite like. But hopefully we will get a keeper in now. Hopefully they will act as backup to to Dills and push him. And if he does make mistakes, then yes, he does need to come out the side. But until that point, I want to see him kick on really and have a good second half yeah I really hope
1: that he gets enough game time to want to sign that new deal right we need to move on because it's time to look ahead of course to uh, uh, Saturday's game here a massive game with Sunderland uh, just a couple of places above us in the the race for promotion uh, in league one Mark Carrick from the Roker report we spoke to him right at the start of the season uh, to to ask him how the 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 club have had you know what sort of summer they'd have really and now midway through the campaign I've asked him again how the the Black Cats have been getting on this year
9: I think it's it started a lot better than we thought. I think there was a huge turnover, as you know, in the in the summer, not just with you know players, but management and ownership, and, and there was a huge kind of of, of change of uh, heart at Sunderland at that time. And we weren't quite sure how that would go. I mean, Jack Ross had come down from from the Scottish Premier League, and he didn't really know League One very well. Um, you know, Stuart Donald had taken over again, hoping to to kind of resurrect this this giant that had fallen so far and and players who didn't want to be there, you know, it was just a bit of a mess. So, you know, the the first game against your very good selves Mm -hmm. was always a bit of a, how are we going to go? And I think for a long time in that game, um, we just thought, oh heck, here we go, because obviously you would taken the lead and we nicked it at the end. And I think that's, that's kind of given us the platform to build. And so, actually, I think we're a bit further ahead. I think Stuart and, and the management team have, have all, always said if we're, you know, sort of seven, eight points um, around the playoffs, we, we'd be we'd be quite happy and go for the second half of the season. As it is, you know, two games in hand, we we could go a point behind Portsmouth. So, we're, you know, sitting quite pretty at the minute, which I think is exceeding expectations, I think, is, is fair to say.
1: I mean, what's the general feeling around the club amongst the fans now? Are they expecting to go on a... You know, a push for the title in the second half of the season.
9: I think so. I think I think from from the very word go, Jack Ross has always said promotion's the aim, and I think most people associated with the with the club from a fan base point of view would have expected us to at least have been there or thereabouts. I think the certain sort of sections of the fan base that will be quite realistic and say, you know, if we land in the playoffs, that's been the expectation and and obviously playoffs become a lottery. You may or may not go up. I think there's other people who have said from the start that we want to be in the top two. I think that the start that we've been given and and the sort of run over Christmas suggests that we we could be there or thereabouts. And I think that's where we want to be. So I think the expectation is now let's try and get promotion. Let's kick on in the second half of the season. Let's challenge Portsmouth particularly but Luton have had a fantastic run and we just need to keep pace with those and hopefully you know come May we'll we'll be one of the top
1: two and obviously the form's been pretty impressive only one defeat in the last sixteen, two uh, all season so I mean you you feel like you're you're on a good run a couple of draws in the last in the last five (laughs) or six games if I'm being totally pernickety but yeah you must you must be pleased with how it's going
9: I think I think you look at it from a stats point of view, we're absolutely yeah. over the moon. I think having watched the team, we've seen wobbles. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Portsmouth game. I think for the first half of the Portsmouth game, you know, big changing point, the referee points to the spot, which was probably the right decision, but then he's not. And, you know, if, you, if you're top of the league playing against 10 men with a goal start, you expect it, Leuven's got sent off. That aside, I mean, we brushed Barnsley aside, you know, a couple. Of, yeah, we've struggled in in the last couple of, of weeks, really. You know, Shrewsbury came with the worst of one behind to salvage a draw. Um, Bradford came on. You know, they've had a bit of a poor run up to then, and uh, we got away with it. You know, they they clearly scored a goal which the linesman didn't see, so you know that could have been a draw. I think Saturday, you know, the one nil win at Blackpool again you know, we we were on dodgy ground a couple of times, but it looked better on Saturday, I must admit, that that looked a better one. So hopefully we've we've kind of had a rocky patch and, and Jack Ross is picking a team that can kind of pick ourselves up again. So stats-wise, when you win and you win ugly, that's always great, but there's there's still things that we as fans would look and say, mm, that's not quite right yet. Mm.
1: And who are the players who've stood out so far this campaign? Because obviously you've got was it Josh Marger that the strikers yeah. come up from the yeah. uh, from, from the Academy and bagged fourteen goals this season? So he must have been a bit of a surprise when you when you get a, a player who comes up from the youth ranks and and, and turns in and performances like he's done so far this this campaign.
9: Oh, absolutely! I I mean, I think last season, you know, towards the end, under Chris Coleman, uh, Josh and um, Joe Lasaro got a bit of a a chance to show what they could do, and and Josh scored on his debut against Fulham and gave everybody a lift, but didn't really do much after that game. Joe Lasaro seemed to be the one that was going to kick on, and and, you know, we received a bid in the summer, around about two million from Swansea, and and that was it really. He, He went, and I think. You're right, fans were kinda of thinking, Oh, you know, we've lost the better one of the two but actually Josh Marger has proved that he he's always been the better player in terms of his technique, his ability. He he pops up in the right place at the right time to score, he's got quick feet, he started to score a few with his head as well. I mean the biggest problem obviously we've got with Josh Marger is he's out of contract in the summer and there's a huge debate over whether he'll sign or not. So there's, there's a real um, push that he'll sign before the Charlton game. Whether he does or not, we'll have to see. Whether that means he'll be obviously here this time last year when we, we let Lewis and go, and that kind of derailed our season. So I think most of the fans are hoping that he'll stay and, and hoping that, that he'll kind of keep the, the run going. But you're right, 14 goals for a lad who's literally just turned 20 is a fantastic return in, in his first breakthrough season, really. Fantastic. Mm-hmm.
1: And clearly the fans have been sticking with the side as well. I mean, some of the attendances over the last couple of weeks, home and away have caught the attention that the Boxing Day, obviously the record over 40,000 at the Stadium of Light and taken 7,000 to Blackpool on New Year's Day as well. I mean, clearly the, the fans are getting behind Jack Ross and his team. And I guess that must really help.
9: Oh, absolutely! You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, you, you called out Blackpool. We had two stands at Blackpool. We had half the ground at Accrington when we went there when it was obviously uh, abandoned. You're right. Forty six thousand dropped up on Boxing Day when Bradford came. You know, we were we were a little bit lower in the next game against Shrewsbury, but it was still over thirty thousand. I mean, the the fact is, the owners want to try and get as many people through the door as possible, and and trying to get the the Premier Concourse open. And in the past, I think the owners have have tried to Kind of give away tickets and sell things cheaply. These guys aren't. These guys are saying, "Look, if you want to come, you pay for it." And one of the things that was brilliant about Boxing Day, particularly, was one of the fans on on Twitter said, "Could we buy tickets for other fans who perhaps don't always get to come?" And I think we sold, you know, thousands of tickets. By, bought by other fans mm. for unknown people. And that got people through the door. And you just hope that that sparks the next generation. I mean, it's always a thing in football, isn't it? You, you don't want your, your kids supporting the Man United, Chelsea to the world when you've got a club on your doorstep. And I think mm. what we're trying to do at Sunderland is, is try and build that family atmosphere pretty much right, like you've had it at Charlton as well.
1: There's Mark Carrick from the Roker Report um, discussing uh, how Sunderland have been getting on uh, this season. My brother tweeted in, actually, Cornelius, uh, Con Mendes, uh, on holiday in Turkey, saying, it, saying he hopes the game goes to penalties because, obviously, we've had a great, very good record against uh, Sunderland on penalties. Unlikely, I think. It's unlikely because it's not possible. If we get a penalty, maybe... Or if Sunderland get it, maybe we could draft in Michael Gray to take it for him.
2: Or if there's 16 penalties given, or however many there are. Yeah. Or
3: Sasha Illich and his lucky penny. <laughs> 2p. 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 Yeah. Um,
1: uh, just a quick word on Sunderland before we look at it from a more Charlton point of view. Um, Catamol's out, as we know, which is good news. He is suspended, unsurprisingly, is he su- yeah, unsurprisingly yeah, with his a million yellow cards every game. Um, I mean, they're two games in hand on us, so they're, they're more likely to challenge top two than we are, as far as I'm concerned.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be our biggest challenge at home. Um, I think Honeyman might not be fit, which is a good plus for us. Um, But yeah, coming up against Major, just as there'll be fear in Taylor and uh, Grant, um, it's going to be a test. It's unfortunate we're not going to have our strongest side out, but we're not going to use that as an excuse, and I'm sure Bowyer won't. Um, we're good at home, and I think it's going to be a good, good game. But it's going to be a test for sure.
1: Yeah, I think we want to hear from Lee Bower as well. Actually, before we preview the game uh, any further ourselves, obviously uh, the, the Alex boss is hoping to see his side extend their run of uh, five home league wins in a row. It's going to be tough, um, but that stat you just you just said there just shows
4: how well we do at home. We're a very good side at home. We have good support at home um and the place is is becoming a bit of a fortress you know it's a tough place to come and play and uh with the combination of the fans and, and the players this it's good and we definitely look forward to home games all the games that we've been playing lately i think we've won quite comfortably um and sunderland's going to be a different test and we respect them like we do every other team. But if we do things right and and we do what we're good at, then then I think we've got a very good chance.
6: They're going to bring a big following with them. Should be a bumper crowd. I think the value will be rocking on Saturday.
4: Yeah, and and that when you play football, that's what that's what you want. You you want the atmosphere and and you it's, players are entertainers. That's what they are and. and the bigger the crowd the more noise the, the, the more they get out of players and, and Sunderland they they have 30 odd thousand at home and they take a lot away um, I think they had more than Blackpool once on Tuesday so um yeah they've been a good crowd but we have a good crowd as well so it be a competition I'm guessing who will be singing the loudest and the most and it'll be a competition on the pitch and who wins their individual battles and and wins the game at the end.
6: Use your question, injuries. Uh, Ben Reeves came off in the game against Warsaw. Has he got a chance for Saturday? Is there anyone else available to you?
4: Um, Obviously, Chris Solly comes back um, from suspension. And Ben Reeves, I'll find out more this morning, but it's it's not looking good for him. Uh, We think his hamstring injury... Um, Well, we know it's a hamstring injury, but we don't know to the extent and and how bad or whether it's just cramping up. Um, So I'll I'll know more in about 10-15 minutes when I go and see the physio department. But uh, hopefully if he's out, he ain't too long and he ain't one of them six weekers that we keep getting at the moment. So, um, yeah, but fingers crossed, it's not too bad.
6: Can you give an update on the other long-term injuries that you suffered? Uh, is anyone close to returning?
4: No, <laughs> it is the answer there. I, I think the the nearest person we've got coming back, I think, is maybe Josh Cullen. Uh, Josh Cullen, um, he might be the end of the month. So, the rest of them, the long-term, as you know, they're four or six weekers. But I think Josh is the, the closest one, apart from George Lapsley, sorry. George Lapsley won't be OK for Saturday, but maybe the game after um, with his concussion. But the long-term injuries, is Josh Cullen will be the next one back, I think.
6: And um, Pierce, yes, the captain?
4: No, we've still got to see how uh, he's going and, and see how it all settles down. But he's, he's done something to his ankle. Um He's damaged his ankle, so he's he's going to be out for a little while, but we don't know the extent quite yet how long. But um, the way things are going, it probably be at minimum four weeks because that's what we get. We ain't getting knocks. That you miss one game, every, everything's four to six weeks. and So, um, yeah, it, I don't know for sure how long, but it's it, it's definitely not going to be fit for Saturday.
6: Usual queue outside treatment room then?
4: Yeah, and that's the way it is at the moment. And the medical team are working overtime and, and trying to get the lads back quick as they can. But these injuries they're getting, they're just, a lot of them ain't normal injuries. You know, There's, like John Rebo, the fella fell on him, pushed his knee the wrong way, and obviously your two dislocated shoulders. Like, you can just go on and on, you know. So, um, but yeah, positive side to it though, you, you've got the young lads and, and and they got given a chance and on. on on tuesday and i thought they both done very well um in different ways i think uh toby was, was steady um and, and Alby his first start and, and i thought he he handled himself really well i thought he got on the ball which he's good at and he worked hard out of possession which was the worry which was the gamble you know and um but that's why Them cup games, when you play the kids in the cup games, they're getting experience and and you can see them playing against men and and see if they can handle themselves. So I know people might have thought at times that that the cup games wasn't the right way to do it, but it's paid off because we, we just got three vital points on Tuesday by using two kids that I knew could go out there and do a job.
1: Ibo, you're there, at previewing Saturday's home game with Sunderland. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of questions I could ask you too, um, but I've decided to dive straight into the one that's given me the biggest conundrum, if you will. Do we play Albie Morgan in the midfield again, or do we recall Darren Prattley with the experience in such a big game? Can we trust Albie Morgan in this game? Because I'd imagine we want to have a little bit more control in the midfield. Which way do we go?
3: I think, I think we have give him a go. Why not? Give him a go. I think I don't think probably tries hard, but I think Al, Al, Alby, Alby's good, better on the ball for me. So I definitely yeah. at home as well. I think we've got to take yeah. the game to him.
1: I mean, obviously, it's going to be it's a, it's a high pressure game with Sunderland just above us in the, in, the, in the league table. Tom, can can we trust him? He's eighteen years old. I would.
2: Yeah, I think there's enough there for what I've seen so far that that he'll be able to handle it. It's going to be a tough game, and I'm sure. If he does play, you'll see Boyer and Jacko screaming at him about his defensive work because already picked up on that. But that's why they're the, the coaching staff, and who better to learn from? You know, they can kind of guide him through the game a bit, like uh, Jose said he was doing for Luke Shaw back at the start of whatever season that was. You know, if they can kind of coach him through that defensive aspect, he's got so much exciting talent going forwards, and we have to think: yes, we, we're a little bit wary of them because they're this big side and. You know they were in the Premier League not that long ago and all of that, but we competed with them on the opening day and we're up at the top of the table near them now. So they're going to be just as worried of our attacking threat as we are of theirs. So we have to think of it like that. And and to that extent, I think Albie deserves to play.
1: Mm. I mean, obviously, now that Reeves is out injured, it might be that Prattley and Morgan both playing that midfield anyway. I guess.
7: Mm.
3: Yeah, it looks. If, if I think if Reeves, it, it didn't sound too clever, did it? But um, if he is not playing, then yeah, it looks like Reeves will have to come in. Um, I think I can't see Stevenson starting. I think it might be a bit too much for me against someone like McGee. Yeah, I was
1: going to say with Solly coming in, I mm. think Solly will probably start. You guess? I think
3: yeah. so. Against McGee, I think he's these too good for this level. McGeady so I think it obviously Solly come back in at left back.
1: Mm. I mean, obviously we've got the players to damage them, to mm. to, to to hurt them, I mean, especially the front two. You know, Fosu's on form. Marshall, if he if he needs to come in and, and, and to make him think in the second half, perhaps. I mean, we we're certainly going to be a threat to them. They will be wary of us yeah going into and, this game. That, and that's what I mean and obviously uh,
2: again I go back to the opening day and yes it was a long time ago but we caused them a lot of problems that day I think we were unlucky in the end to to lose um, I think we deserved at least a point from that game and that was with a slightly depleted squad um, and yes we've still got our injuries but we're coming off the back of the heavy fixture congestion now and starting to to get back into a bit of a normal routine um, and I think yeah you look at um, Taylor and Grant at the weekend both getting on the score sheet yes one was a penalty but they all count um, we've got good attacking threat and I thought the I mean the goal was so sloppy on Tuesday to concede but on the whole you look at that back four I thought Naby was outstanding um, I think Jick Steele looks more and more composed the more I see him as well Stevenson plays a few lovely balls in um, but again I think needs to work a little bit on the actual defensive aspect but we've got good players there you'd expect as you say Solly to come back in anyway so, uh, you know, we're not we're not a bad side. We're up at that part of the table for a reason. So, yes, I'm I'm nervous because it's such a big game. But uh, you know, I think we can certainly get something from it.
1: All right, Jacko's jackpot time. Nathan, you've gone for a two-two draw. Yeah, uh, which uh, fourteen to one, so we could win uh, almost just under thirty-eight quid for the upbeats, mm. which will be nice. Just have a quickly to say your score predictions. Just literally the scores. Cause Desmond, we're running out of time. Desmond. You happy with that as well, Tom? 1-0. One 1-0 nil. One nil two. Charlton. Excellent stuff. That's what we would love to see here on uh, Charlton Live. So thank you for joining us. This has been the big match preview. Everyone out of time. Looking forward to a huge game here at the Valley on Saturday against Sunderland. Tom and Nathan, thank you for coming in. Cheers, Cheers lads. mate. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for joining us again in this uh, this new year. I hope you had a good uh, Christmas and a uh, happy new year, of course, to all of you. We'll be back here on Charlton Live on Sunday evening to discuss the game with Sunderland. Let's hope that it's three points for the addicts. I've been Louis Mendes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on Sunday evening.